James Gunn has officially announced the slate for the first part of his new DCU. And in today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down all the movies and shows he announced and why you should be looking forward to what James Gunn, ha- James Gunn and Peter Safran have planned for the future. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning and it is time to break down the slate that James Gunn and Peter Safran have now revealed to the world with the first part of the first chapter of their new DCU that the chapter chapter one, I guess, is officially titled Gods and Monsters. A very cliche name, but that doesn't really matter. It's just arbitrary, arbitrary. Anyways, let's get into talking about this slate. Now, if you know me, you know that I was very excited. You've been listening to me for a while. I know that I, w- I was very excited when they announced Gunn and Safran as the co-CEOs of DC Studios, which was formed... When, Warner, when Discovery took over Warner Brothers and David Zaslav became the CEO of Warner Brothers, now known as Warner Brothers Discovery. So when they hired these two guys to be leading the company, I was very excited that we had a creative and a producer in charge. And I just didn't really see a way when this thing came out that I would be disappointed. And I'm absolutely not. There are so many things in here I'm looking forward to. And Reading off this list and watching the video Gun put out, it just, I felt so happy knowing that we had such a hardcore DC fan now leading, now leading this studio, having these obscure things, but also understanding what made this universe special in the first place and the characters that built it, having those in there, but also going for the cult favorites. I love that we have a creative that's taking that approach. And I just think, As a DC fan, I don't really know how you could be frustrated with this lineup because it just looks, all sounds so exciting to me. And I'm going to be breaking it down. I'm going to be starting off with DC Elseworlds, and then I will move into each of the movies and shows. Starting off with DC Elseworlds, Gunn and Taffron announced that they will officially be having a label under DC called DC Elseworlds. And this is just like the comic label of the same name where... DC stories not set in the main continuity will be set, will will be branded under DC Elseworlds. And obviously the main continuity will be the DCU, not the DCEU, the DCU. And now with this, we are going to be getting a separate set of movies or maybe even shows that don't have to tie into the universe and aren't restricted to the storylines being told in the main, main canonical universe we're dealing with. Now, the things that have been confirmed to be under this brand are the Batman and the Batman Part 2, obviously, and Joker Folly Ado, which releases next year in October 2024, and also Teen Titans Go, the show, which is actually still going, and I had no idea about that, but it will be branded under DC Elseworlds from now going forward. The big news here alongside this was, of course, the Batman Part 2, officially slated, I believe, for October 3rd, 2025. It releases in two and a half years. It releases after the, after the start of Gunn's mainline DCU, which I thought was an interesting choice. But the script for, for these Batman movies have famously taken quite a while to write, so I'm not surprised. The script is currently being written by Matt Reeves and Mattson Tomlin, who co-wrote, who worked with Reeves in the later part, later stages of his writing with the first movie. Now I believe they're co-writing. And... And you all know how much I loved the Batman that came out last year, how excited I was for it, and how much, for me, 
it delivered on that. I think it's one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. And obviously, it is probably the comic book movie I'm looking forward to most, just like the Batman was leading up to that movie. But it is going to be separate from the DCU, and I cannot tell you how glad I am of that. I think it's so good that we have a version of Batman that's not restricted by the storytelling, but now we're also getting introduced to a Batman who is going to be in the main DCU, and I'm glad Robert Pattinson's version will not be that because I think the ultra-grounded take on the character should not be brought into Gun DCU with some of the crazy stuff it looks like he's doing, which I love. But that is the Batman Part 2, which I believe is now the official title, coming out on October 3rd, 2025. Now let's start off talking about Gun's DCU himself. And the first project that will be coming out, and it's probably the furthest in development, is Creature Commandos. It is an animated TV series, and they also mentioned how the characters who appear in animation will shift right in and out of live action. They will be portrayed by the same actors who voiced them in animation. And Gunn also called this a way to tell gigantic stories without spending like $50 million budget per episode. And just to point out, this is a completely written show. I believe it's going to be seven episodes long. Gunn, has, Gunn wrote every single episode. And really interestingly, this is a group of characters that appeared back first in the 1980s, created by J.M.D. Mateus and Pat Broderick. And... And we do now have, I believe, some of the members. We know that Weasel will be in this. I believe we have concept art for this show. We know Weasel will be in this, who is voiced by Sean Gunn and played by Sean Gunn in The Suicide Squad. Rick Flagg Sr., who is, I believe, either Rick Flagg's dad or granddad, will be in this show as well. And I'm actually really curious to see whether they're going to get Joel Kinnaman back to voice and play this character because I feel like they kind of wasted him because I feel like I was starting to really like that character in The Suicide Squad and spoiler alert, they killed him off. And I think that having him coming back to play Rick Flagg Sr. would actually be a great way to continue still having that character around. Now, this, now because this show is based off a comic series that takes place in the 1940s, it might not have too much of a connection to the larger universe, but it should be pointed out that Gunn's version seems to be very different because of the characters he has. Now, in the original stories, we had Frankenstein's monster with werewolves and a vampire and a gorgon fighting Nazis during World War II. And because of the characters we know it's going to be in this, it's unlikely that he'll take the same approach. But to me, that sounds great, and I hope he sticks mostly to that because I think it would be a lot of fun to have a show set in World War II. And I really hope he stays with that. Now, the Creature Commandos, not something I know a lot about, but I think it could, it could be really fun to have kind of like a Suicide Squad in animation. Now, there is a bit of redundancy that comes with this because... We've had these like ragtag group of heroes like so many different times over the past couple of years that I don't know how much more you could differentiate it unless they really go in that kind of taking those classic monsters and bringing them into this. Because I think without that, you're going to lose a lot of what it seems like made this team special. And that's why I really hope they do take the approach of being in World War II and it will kind of be this universe's JSA for a little bit, which I think could be interesting. It's a little bit unclear to me whether these guys are villains or heroes, but obviously they're fighting Nazis, so I guess they are full-on good guys. But I'm curious to see this, but I would be lying if it said, if it said for a first announcement, one that had me jumping up and down because it didn't. Next up is Waller, which is going to be a direct spin-off and continuation of Peacemaker Season 1. Now, obviously at the end of Peacemaker Season 1, spoiler alert, 
Task Force X was outed by Amanda Waller's daughter, Leota. And because of that, we're going to kind of see the ramifications of what happens to Amanda Waller and obviously the public backlash that she will face for it. Now, it's a spinoff of Peacemaker. We will have her teaming up with Team Peacemaker, or at least some of the characters from it. So I'm assuming we might get a cameo or many from Peacemaker himself. Probably going to get um, Amelia Harcourt in this and obviously her daughter. Maybe, I hope, Vigilante shows up. But they are using the same actors. It is going to be um, not set, set in the same world as that first Peacemaker season one, as in have the exact same continuity that followed on from that. But this looks like it is part of the DCU. And my main issue with these announcements is not what is announced. I think it all sounds great. I think it's still just a little too unclear what kind of a reset this is. Because Gunn mentioned that The Flash will be resetting the universe. But with a show like Waller, there's clearly still a lot continuing. And a lot of people did think that Gunn would at least carry over his actors. And it does seem like that that is what is happening. But I guess they were wrong in that he is bringing over some of the other actors who are going to be continuing and have the opportunity to continue, such as Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa and Zachary Levi, which we didn't find out exactly if that's what they're doing. But Gunn does mention that because he's working on Superman, he has decided to move off Peacemaker Season 2, and it is not put on hold in that it might not happen. It has been delayed in favor of this show, which is not written by Gunn, but instead, um, but instead was written by Crystal Henry, who is one of the main writers in the DC Writers Room, which I believe included Tom King, um, Crystal Henry, who I just mentioned, Drew Goddard, who was the showrunner on Daredevil, and um, obviously, and Jeremy Slater, who wrote Moon Knight. So it's a very interesting mix of like the writers' room they have going on. And the show is also going to be executive produced by Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol series. And it does mention that the show could be more adult and lean into having an R rating, which I think it absolutely will do. So yeah, Waller, again, I personally would have just rather to see a Peacemaker season two first and have this storyline be a big part in that. But I do get that's not something Gunn can do at the minute. So it does make sense. Then we get into Superman Legacy, which is being propped up as the true start of um, the DCU. And it is being written by James Gunn, as he has already said. No word yet on who's directing it, but Peter Safran did mention in the little mini press conference with a team of reporters they had that he is trying to convince Gunn to direct. And I do think eventually he will, because I think it's important for him to direct the first movie, being that it's really setting the tone for the universe and the quality that we expect, and I do, um, and a release date has been given to the movie, Superman Legacy, which is now the official title, coming out July 11th, 2025, which is just over two years from now, which is really exciting, it's not going to be an origin story, it's going to be about a Kryptonian heritage, it's about Superman balancing the Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing, which I think sounds great, and it really is going to be a tale, and I really love this quote from Safran, and that is, that he's kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. And just thinking about what they could do with this movie, and I think that quote right there alone sums up why we really need this movie. And that alone just gives me goosebumps. Like, I cannot wait to see this movie. I'm trying to hold back on my opinions a little bit, but with this one, I can't really keep it back. I think this movie is going to be fantastic. Really curious to see who they cast. No news on that yet. I'm assuming that's going to come later this year, because 
just in time for being just over a year away from this movie. And I will make a full-on ranking of everything I'm looking, everything that's been announced here. Maybe also including the Batman and Joker. From my least most anticipated, that should come out this weekend. I'm really excited to get to work on that. But just know this one will be very high, and I think for a good reason. I love Superman, and I can't wait for him to finally go back to being like as well-respected as he once was in the comic book movie universe. And, you know, they do... Gunn also does mention that Superman is for everyone and that there, this is very much a four-quadrant film that should speak to everyone in the world, which is exactly the approach they should be taking with Superman. And I'm glad that Gunn recognizes that. Next, we move on to Lanterns, a live-action HBO Max event series. It is going to be a true detective-style mystery show, investigation show. It's terrestrial-based. It is going to be about Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, the two most iconic Green Lanterns, watching over Precinct Earth and carrying out their task as part of, as, a, as Green Lanterns themselves. And they also mentioned that it will play a massive part in the big story they're telling across the universe and has a mystery that leads directly into that massive story. And I'm really curious to see. And from what seems like with it, this is the show that from the press conference they had seems like the one that Gunn and Taffer are most propping up to be a big part of the universe. And I can see why. Green Lantern, again, another character who has been shafted in, you know, popular culture because of that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. And I'm so glad, again, I really want them to bring this character back up to where he was with these characters. And I'm so glad that they find, they, they found a really great mix and that there's like half the Green Lantern fans who won Hal Jordan, half the ones who won John Stewart. And then a small minority, which doesn't make much sense because it's half and half, such as myself, who want Kyle Rayner. I'm not getting Kyle Rayner, although James Gunn did mention that we they might have a few more lanterns pop up, but I do hope they introduce Kyle Rayner. He is my favorite Green Lantern, but we will wait and see if that happens. But this show sounds awesome to me. They do mention that this is not the same project as the space opera-style Green Lantern that Greg Berlanti has been working on for years Personally, for me, I think that project has been too long in development. The fact that they haven't cracked it by now, I think they should have shelved it, and I'm really glad they've done that in favor of this. And this is probably, out of the TV shows, the one that caught my eye the most when they announced it. And I will see, we'll see how high it makes in a combined ranking. But Lantern sounds fantastic. Again, no casting, nothing yet for this universe, but can't wait for this. Next up is The Authority, the second film in this DCU. Now, the story is currently being made, uh, written, and I believe the script is about to go into development. They do have a writer, but Gunn refused to say who that was. And Gunn does mention in the video that this is a mass passion project of his. So I'm really curious to see whether he's going to be going to direct this instead of a movie like Superman Legacy. But this is based off the Wildstorm, based off the, based off the Authority created by the Wildstorm imprint, which is since since this series was first created back in the late 90s, has now been incorporated into the DCU in the comics. And they are going to be incorporating characters from Wildstorm into the DCU movie, uni- movie and show universe itself. Now, this is kind of a mix between kind of the Suicide Squad kind of characters we've been seeing in a lot of movies and shows, like kind of getting ragtag group of heroes recently. But it is a mix of anti-heroes, who take matters into their own hands despite the government's advice. And it is a story about a team who really do have the mindset of the ends justify the means. And I like that we're getting more anti-heroes. I always love these kind of stories. But again, 
because we're also having creature commandos, which is kind of that group of characters, very unknown. It seems like a bit redundant to have another very unknown group of characters, but it does seem to be very different. And they also do, they don't look like they're going to be villains, but I think they could almost be like a recurring antagonist for this DCU as we move through the chapters and the years. But I think this sounds like a lot of fun. The Authority is actually a team that I have actually read a little bit about in the past and have been interested in reading a comic series with them. I've never gone as far as picking up any of their comics and full-on reading a few issues, but I do actually know quite a bit about these characters, and I am planning to make a separate episode in the coming week explaining who these characters are. And all I'll say right now is that there is almost like a play on Batman and Superman, and there is kind of a mirror between a lot of Justice League members, and this is almost the setup for that. And by the way, I'm actually quite surprised they didn't announce a Justice League movie, but I do think that will come soon as well, soon after the slate that we've been given. Now, this was originally created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, and now we're bringing it into the DCU. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. It, it's interesting that, again, we have two kind of set of sets of sets of like groups of characters who are very unknown within like just a couple of projects but I think it should be I think it should um be mentioned that Saffron did say that they're kind of like Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men they know that you want them on the wall or at least they believe that and I think that's a really interesting comparison and it does definitely make, make me raise my eyebrow a little bit and I'm really Interested to see how that looks. I'm a big fan of A Few Good Men. Fantastic movie. Make sure to go check it out. Then we move into Paradise Lost. This is going to be a live-action HBO Max series, and it's de de described as Saffron and gone in the video in the press conference as a Game of Thrones-style political intrigue show about the birthplace of Wonder Woman and kind of how this island of all women were came to be, but also how the balance of power is handled and the different you know, truths, whether that's the ugly or happy ones, all that, how they fit together. And I think the premise of this and the more that I, re I, I read into it sounds pretty interesting. And I am really looking forward to seeing this show. And it's about the scheming of the power players in Themyscira. Now, it does mention that this show will take place before the birth of Diana or Wonder Woman. So that's obviously hundreds of years in the past. So I'm really curious to see whether this is set in the main DC or not. But I should mention that in a few articles I've seen, they Gunn did say that this takes place before the first two Wonder Woman movies. And if they're saying that, that obviously means Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman will be kept canon. And she will be also the main Wonder Woman for the DCU. Unless they're just taking that approach for now. Really curious to see whether any of the actors we saw in the first Wonder Woman movie, which I believe Connie Nielsen played her Wonder Woman's mom. And I'm really curious to see if they're going to bring her back into the show. But this show sounds like it's going to be kind of the epic kind of show you'd expect from HBO. And I do like that they're using HBO as kind of the main home for this because that's what it should be because of how much, because of how great the shows they make are. Next one up on here is The Brave and the Bold. And this will be the introduction of Gunn and Saffron and the DCU's Batman. It is not the same as Robert Pattinson's Batman. It will be played by a new actor or maybe a known actor. I don't know. We'll find out. But this movie will feature for the very first time since 1997 a Batman and Robin. This version of Robin will be his son Damian Wayne who is described as an, as an assassin by Gone. They do mention that 
Damian Wayne is both Gunn and Tatham's favorite Robin, which is interesting and not the opinion that I think a lot of people have and definitely not the opinion I have. But I do like Damian Wayne as a character. Would I have rather them take on Dick Grayson? Yes, but I'm just honestly happy we're getting a Robin because it's been far too long. Now, Gunn does mention this is going to be what introduces us to the Bat family. And seeing as we're already at Damian Wayne, I absolutely expect appearances from Tim Drake, Jason Todd, maybe as Red Hood, and also probably Nightwing. And I cannot wait to see Dick Grayson in live action. And if there's one other Bat family member I would expect, that's the one I would put money on. Now, it does mention here that obviously... Batman, this is about Batman, so who Batman doesn't actually know exists for like the first 8 to 10 years of his life. It's obviously going to be a very strange father-son relationship. And it is going to be based off the Grant Morrison run of Batman, which there is about a 3 to 4 issue um, uh, story arc called Batman and Son. And that's where we first get introduced to Damien. And then Damien is a recurring, if not, I would probably say secondary character in Grant Morrison's run, which is like, 60 plus issues long told over three arcs i have the entire series i've read it i think it is a very good comic storyline as a whole but my favorite part of it is actually anything that involves damien batman damien and bruce wayne or dick grayson and damien and obviously we're not doing dick grayson as batman so i don't think it's worth mentioning that here but we'll talk about that in a future episode a theory i have about where this universe is going but i'm interested to see how they bring in damien i'm really curious to see whether they're going to age him up because he is like 9 to 10 years old when we first meet him in that run. So I'm curious. To, and I do think, if I had to guess, I do think they're probably going to age him up to be about 13 to 14. But that would make this Batman really old. And that obviously brings up the question, could Ben Affleck come back to play this Batman? I don't know. Again, that's a question for another time. But that's, um, and, but that's pretty much all we have on this movie so far. And I really like that Saffron mentions that this is going to feature other members of the extended Bat family just because we feel like they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long, which is so good because the Bat family has some of the greatest characters in all comics, like Batgirl, Nightwing, Tim Drake, and Huntress, who we've seen recently in the DCEU, but if I had to guess, this new DCU version of her will probably be different, and I can't wait to see what they do with this movie. Obviously, you guys know how much I love Batman. He's my favorite superhero of all time. Obviously, I have interest in this, and I am really curious to see whether whether they are going to potentially bring um, Ben Affleck to potentially direct this, because they even floated the idea of this in the press conference, as far as I've read from some of the news, which is that he could be a director in the DCU, and that tells me that he, the fact that they said that again makes me think they already have him signed on for the project. For a project. And while I don't think it's going to be Batman because he, there was already a failed attempt at that, if Ben Affleck is announced as director, the ranking that I'm currently writing will ch- would change a significant bit. And I'll leave it at that. Can't wait for this movie. Oh man, and I can't believe I, I almost forgot to mention that this movie is taking its title from Batman the Brave and the Bold animated show, which is a show that I grew up watching a lot. Or I have been growing up watching a lot. And I love the title, and I love that they use that title, and we don't have to call it Batman once again. But if this show takes anything from that, this is going to be a brighter take on Batman. And since we already have Robert Pattinson in Matt Reeves' ultra-dark and grounded Batman universe, that's probably the good direction to go. And I hope they incorporate a lot of fantastical elements 
into this version of Batman and I love the sound of it and the title just gave me this rush of nostalgia that I liked feeling at least. Next up is Booster Gold. This is going to be the last HBO Max series we are going to be talking about in this and Peter Safran described him as a loser from the future who uses technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Gunn described it as imposter syndrome as a superhero. This just sounds like a bunch of fun. I mean, I don't know how you don't read this little synopsis they have for this show and don't smile at it. It really allows the DCU to really fully stretch into outright dark comedy, which I can't wait to see. And while, again, he's not the most popular character to casual DC fans, he is absolutely a cult favorite. And personally, I am a big fan of this character. I love reading stories where the Booster Gold shows up. He is so much fun. Again, and I even love the character arc he has in like the, I, the character arc he has had over like the past 20 years in DC Comics. I'm not going to spoil that because I do think this universe will heavily incorporate that. But a lot of people were thinking James Gunn would go for, for this character, and he did. And I do think this is a great show for him to write. I don't think he will because he has a few too many projects where it seems like he has his hands deep, in, deep involved already. But I can't wait for this show. And I think that Booster Gold is a character that the general audience needs to be introduced to because I think it will fall in love with him immediately. And I can't wait. But obviously his real name is Mike Carter. Now he is from the 25th century and he's bringing his future tech back. And he is, he was a former football star, but he was kind of disgraced. And now he uses a time machine that he finds on display at the Metropolis Space Museum, which is just such a perfect setup, perfect setup for such a fun show. So obviously I'm really excited for this. Next up is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is very interestingly based off a comic series that came out, that finished, I should say, last year, written by Tom King, who has been writing a lot of Batman in the past couple of years. I would be lying to you if I, I would be lying to you if I told you I was I love Tom King's writing. He isn't one of my favorite writers currently writing comics. I'm not the biggest fan of I wasn't the biggest fan of his massive 85 issue run on Batman. But I have heard great things about a lot of his other series, some of which I have never read. And I will mention how I will mention what Saffron and Gunn described this as, which is we see we see the difference between Superman who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl who was raised on a rock, a chip off Krypton, and watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, and then came to Earth when she was a young girl. She's much more hardcore. She's not exactly the Supergirl we're used to seeing. Now, one thing I will mention is that Supergirl is another character I feel like her public image has been slightly tainted by the Supergirl show, which was not very good. And when it comes to this movie, I think this show, again, has a good chance of creating a new reputation for the character. Because Supergirl is a great character that people, again, don't know about. It will be Kara Zor-El's, which means I'm assuming it's not going to be the one we're introduced to in the Flash movie played by Sasha Kaye, which I think is an interesting choice considering that movie is coming out very soon and it's a good way to build hype for this. But I like this is going to be a feature. This is going to be a film, but, I, but for some reason... One of either Gunnar Saffron, it's not really clear in this article, called this a series. I think it was probably missaid. This is going to be a feature film. And personally for me, the premise sounds great. I love the way the premise sounds. It's going to be darker. And since we're going with full-on bright Superman, which I think is the right decision, it's really nice to balance that out. And I think the premise is what's going to interest a lot of people here. Then the last project I'm going to be talking about is Swamp Thing, 
Now, this will definitely investigate the dark side of the DC universe and the dark origins of this character. Now, I am using Deadline's article for this, and they kind of have a bit more information on the character than a lot of the other outlets are having, but they do mention how this is going to be totally very different from Superman and Batman, Robin, everything else we have. And, and the belief here is that from the duo is that this darker character will interact with the mainstream DC characters. But Gunn in the video they put out said that he's not going to be in the main DC universe, but he could still connect. So I think this is a project in some ways I'm the most confused about its placement in the universe, even with something like Waller. But it is also the one of the ones I'm most excited for because this is going to be based off the character who, who is was who was first created in a lot of people or what a lot of people consider one of the greatest comic series of all time, which was Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. And I'm not sure if this is going to be adapting that specifically, but I like that they're doing an origin, and I especially like that this is going to be a film. When I first heard Swamp Thing, I was like, oh, they're going to give a second go at at a show, but no, this is going to be a movie. I think it's better for a character like this. I can't see him being a recurring weekly character that a lot of people get drawn to from a character standpoint. Being a movie and being a horror movie, a very probably a very edgy, R-rated movie in the DCU. I like that they're willing to go there. Gunn has said he's going to make R-rated movies. He does mention that also that they're trying to get out two movies and two shows per year, but I don't think it's worth mentioning talking about that yet because we're not far enough into it. But they, oh, I will also say that Gunn does mention that he referenced kind of the initial reactions of the Guardians of the Galaxy joining the MCU is kind of like this. I don't think it's the same thing because I think Swamp Thing is a much more loved character than the Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, casual fans aren't familiar with him. Obviously, all they have is the original Wes Craven film back in 1982, which also had a sequel, which is really interesting, but I didn't even know it had a sequel. And obviously, we had the 2019 CW DC Universe series that was canceled after the first episode dropped and only played one season that a lot of people seem to really enjoy but obviously i never got around to it because it got canceled i believe james wan was actually involved in the making of that show and i actually thought they were going to bring james what james wan to come and make this movie but luckily i waited a day to talk about these announcements because we now have our official director for the project which is going to be james mangold now if you know me you know I'm a big fan of James Mangold. I love 4v Ferrari that came out a few years ago. He's made so many fantastic movies. And Logan is obviously one of the best comic book movies of all time. And the fact that we're bringing someone who's already made one of the best comic book movies of all time into making a movie in the DCU. And it's really weird to me that they have a director for the last movie in this first part of this chapter. But not for any of the other movies that come out before. Such as Superman and Batman. So this seems like it might have actually been a pitch from Mangold himself. That's not clear yet, and I don't think that's what it was, but it might have been. Now, Mangold did post a picture earlier teasing his potential involvement or interest in doing this movie, but obviously that was teasing that he is signed on, and apparently he's in early talks to, um, to direct projects, but whenever you hear in talks for a Hollywood movie, that kind of means it's pretty much just waiting for the ink to be on the paper and the official signing that he will be making the movie. So it is pretty much confirmed that he will be directing this movie unless something falls through a couple of years from now. He does have another project after Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny before. I mean, he does have another project and then he will move on to directing this movie, which is maybe why this is a bit later in the slate, but they really wanted him or he really wanted to do it. They wanted to sign on. 
And honestly, his involvement only moves this up my most anticipated list, which will come out again this weekend. Make sure to come back from that. And that does bring, bring us to the end of these announcements. What a bright future it's looking like for DC. I love these. I love almost all of these announcements. Some of this sounds so interesting. I cannot wait to see the first things out of this universe. I can't wait to see Superman, the Brave and the Bold. Pretty much everything here I am very excited about. And you'll definitely notice that when I'm doing my most anticipated ranking of them later this weekend. Also look out for a review of The Last of Us Episode 3 tomorrow, which I really wanted to talk about but didn't get to. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.